everybody. This is Jamin. You're listening to the Happy Market Research Podcast. I am joined today by Vera Chen, Executive Director of Global Research Insights and Analytics at Warner Media. Actually, name change, Warner Brothers Discovery. Warner Brothers Discovery was founded nearly 100 years ago. Annual revenues are estimated at $36 billion with 26,000 employees globally. Some of their brands include Adult Swim, AT&T, Bloomberg, Cartoon Network, CNN, HBO, and my favorite, Hanna-Barbera, just to name a few. Prior to joining Warner Brothers Discovery, it's going to take me a while to get right, Vera served as a senior insights lead at Mattel, Del Monte, and Microsoft. This podcast is being done in conjunction with MRMW's North American event in Atlanta on June 15th and 16th. Now, every year, MRMW brings together forward-thinking clients, innovative agencies, and technology disruptors to discuss the latest trends and innovations that are driving our industry forward, that is consumer insights. The theme for this year is inspiration, innovation, and insights. As in past years, I will be chairing the entire event, and I really hope to see you there. Vera, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. The Michigan State University's Master of Science in Marketing Research Program delivers the number one ranked insights and analytics degree in three formats, full-time on campus, full-time online, and part-time online. New for 2022, if you can't commit to their full degree program, simply begin with one of their three core certifications, insights design or insights analysis. In addition to the certification, all the courses you complete will build towards your graduation. If you're looking to achieve your full potential, check out MSNMU's program at broad.msu.edu slash marketing. Again, broad.msu.edu slash marketing. HubUX is a research operations platform for private panel management, qualitative automation, including video audition questions, and surveys. For a limited time, user seats are free. If you'd like to learn more or create your own account, visit hubux.com. So you are opening the conference as a keynote speaker, and your talk is titled, Meet the Metaverse, Is It Hype or Hope? What can attendees expect to learn from your talk? Sure. I'll be starting off with an overview of what it is and what it is not, which we've been finding very useful in helping people understand sort of the concept around the metaverse. We'll also take a look at what the current landscape looks like, who are some of the key players, and really use that as a way to illuminate the on-ramps or partnerships possible for attendees and their lines of businesses. Then I'll articulate um, what it all means and why the metaverse matters, really what we think is one of the most important takeaways of the presentation. And we'll just cap things off with some internal insights around consumer needs around the space and other opportunities to provide some food for thought. So at the end of the day, I hope that what we can do with our presentation is meet those themes you just talked about, in, not only inform you know, the audience about what the metaverse is, but really to inspire experimentation in the space, regardless of your function or you know, the vertical or category um, you work in. I mean, we've seen explosive growth in the metaverse category, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm even referencing it exactly correct, but NFTs, of course, have, have just blown up over the last 24 months through COVID. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's a it's something that's existed in our ecosystem for decades, right? Video games, of course, being really that 
where you see non-fungible tokens, Fortnite being one of the most popular where you buy skins and that's sort of your like your asset, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I think NFTs, open world games like Fortnite, like Roblox that you've already mentioned, all of these are viewed as as precursors of the future metaverse. They already encompass some of the key elements that are going to be necessary for the metaverse. And so to your point, we've already had a couple of decades of you know, this under our belts, if you will, and especially with younger generations. Yeah, Gen Z and highly likely Gen Alpha are making stronger connections to brand in a digital framework than in a traditional framework, which is super interesting. And it's funny because like, I'm a Gen Xer and I went through the whole dot-com craze. It feels very much like the, and I was in, lived in Palo Alto through that through the 90s and then left in 2000, right after the crash. But it feels very much like like that, not in a way of, I guess in a way of hype, but also like it's the wild, wild west. We don't know exactly where it's going to go, but it's going to be really big. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a really interesting way to think about because around that time, we were starting to move into what I think some people refer to as Internet 2.0. And we are now crossing a similar point in time where we are potentially embarking on the next version of the web, you know, which is why some people are calling this Web3, you know, the metaverse, NFTs and, and other kind of decentralized kind of platforms. And so just to be clear, when, when you say metaverse, does it require a VR headset? So I think in the short term, it probably will require something to whether we're in your head or something to a, a modality you need to kind of quote unquote look into and kind of immerse oneself into this virtual world in the kinds of ways that thought leaders are thinking about the metaverse. I think in the long term, these, you know, kind of clunky device looking devices right now will and should eventually get slimmed down, maybe thinner, may feel and seem more like regular glasses due to developments in 5G and edge computing and other technologies that will hopefully usher in kind of uh, more inconspicuous devices. <laughs> but yes, I think in the short term, there will be some kind of virtual reality component to it and as a way to, to experience the metaverse. And not to be like too nerdy, but is it? <laughs> no, nerd out like, for sure. Okay. It, are, are we thinking like augmented reality is part of this here or is it like full immersion? Yeah, it's believed that, you know, the metaverse will be able to encompass all, a whole range of experiences, all the way from, you know, completely occluded experiences like the one you're talking about with VR to more hybrid um, experiences that might encompass parts of your, your everyday real life, you know, including augmented reality. And so it's viewed that the metaverse will be able to operate across a spectrum um, ranging from AR to more mixed reality somewhere in the middle to all the way to the far end of true complete virtual reality. You know, what's interesting about, and I'll pick on NFTs again, is some of the NFTs are connecting to a physical environments, aren't they? So you can buy a Gucci handbag, for example, as an NFT, and then that might come with an actual Gucci handbag yeah. in real life. And, and so now you've got this like crossover experience. Brands, to your point, like we don't exactly know what the right thing is, but what is interesting about the evolution of NFTs is they become more and more community centric. So Horde Ape Yacht Club, for example, yeah. is really a good, you know, case study, I think, where, you know, you've 
just to be able to buy other NFTs, sometimes you have to have, you know, you'll get preferential treatment or A-listed if you have one of those blue chip NFTs in your portfolio. And so it feels like, to your point about brands need to be experimenting because the metaverse is definitionally about community. Is your talk going to cover some ways that we should be thinking about experimenting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of the research, you know, because of this hype you've been talking about around the metaverse, as well as NFTs, you know, one of the things we wanted to do with our kind of work stream that our, and, and research around this space is to be additive to this. And the one way we thought would be most additive is to really start understanding what consumers, not only what if they've heard of it and what they think about it, but really taking it a step further and understanding what are some of their needs? What are some of the potential things they're concerned about or the things they're excited about? And so we really dug deep into that area of understanding kind of just what consumers are, are most interested in. We will definitely be sharing a bit of that in our presentation. That's oh, going to be fun. So I have a bi-weekly blog post on Gen Z. And there's a growing body of research that supports the connection between social media time or time on social media and mental illness. What lessons learned from social will help inform our individual behavior as it relates to the metaverse, if any? Yeah, I mean, that is such a great question and such an important one. You know, we do know that, you know, especially, you know, and we ourselves uh, doing research with um, younger audiences like Gen Z and Alpha, and and even it affects you know other consumers in other age generations as well. But such an important question where we really do need the best mental health experts, thinkers, policymakers, and industry players to really help shape and advocate on behalf of everyday consumers like you and I. I think as individuals, we now have had over fifteen years of social media under our belts uh, as a society. And because of this, you know, this research and, and this body of research, you know, you're referencing, why not leverage all that we know about, you know, the negatives of social media, as well as the positives and carry that forth into this next version of the internet, the metaverse. I think that comes from, you know, as individuals being aware of UI kind of designs or mechanics that unfortunately foster potentially addiction, anxiety, depression from users and, you know, trying to combat that by self-care, self-reflection, moderated one's usage, and, and of course, more specific tactical tools around limiting, you know, time on these platforms. Thinking, uh, you know, putting another cap on for myself, a sort of representative of our respective industries, whether it's research or technology or entertainment, in my case, you know, I think we do need to play an active part in advocating for healthier user experiences, whether that's, you know, applying more user-centered design principles in UI, in user interface, potentially greater moderation of conversations and activities that are happening on platforms and in future platforms, perhaps even thinking about alternative business models, perhaps ones that are not as advertising based, just variety of ways I think we can as individuals and as spokespeople potentially of our, our respective industries, you know, just learn from what has happened in the past learn from the 15 years of 
our experience with social media and helping make the future space better, more inclusive, more safe, and with greater levels of privacy. And I would say that I think social company and, and companies in general, entertainment-based companies in general, are thinking about that, at least in the ones that the people that I'm, I'm talking to, right? And, and some of the lessons learned that we can, can even reference is tobacco, which obviously, as we know, very negative from a health perspective, but and had a very addictive property to it, even targeting younger younger generations. But I think because we have that backdrop, we're a lot smarter today as it relates with how we design our systems and our economic models, which I'm optimistic that we will continue to leverage. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to um, just at least mention or, or perhaps clarify, you know, the metaverse, you know, while it certainly will be a, a highly social place, it is not going to be just about social media. And it's really believed to go you know, quite a bit beyond that and, and being this sort of quote unquote next version of the Internet, which will have some obviously social elements to it. If we sort of project the current internet and in past iterations of the internet forward into this next version, you know, certainly there's going to be a mixture of positive elements to it, hopefully, as well as negative elements, as you know, we've just been talking about. But I am cautiously optimistic, you know, like you said, that we can take what we've learned in the past and really apply it forward, you know, and in, in making the future kind of version as good as it can be. I love that. And absolutely right. And I think that's that's a really important point that you're making, which is in some ways, it is apples to oranges from a comparative perspective. Okay, my last question. What is your personal motto? Okay, my personal motto is a little bit simple. It is to be agnostic about sources of data or information. And what I mean by that is, you know, as a tried and true researcher, um, I've certainly been in the world of primary research, whether that's qualitative or quantitative, and certainly data from those sources are, are fantastic and certainly my bread and butter. But beyond that, looking at syndicated data, syndicated reports, and then even beyond that, around social media, there are so many learnings we can get around consumer attitudes and impressions from that kind of source service usage data, for example, for us, HBO Max, or even device telemetry. So for me, that was looking at people's usage of the Xbox console. You know, really, it, data can, and information can come from almost any place and perhaps even places where you least expect it. And so I encourage everyone to be thinking about information in kind of a more agnostic way. Oh, super, super insightful and exactly right. I think that's probably one of the best things that's happening to us as an industry right now is our access to non-primary research is has never been greater. And, and to that end, you know, it's important for us to think outside of our normal ways of like, maybe just do a survey or some one-on-ones and how we can create more context through leveraging alternative data sources. Yeah, absolutely. Our guest today has been Vera Chen, Executive Director of Global Research Insights and Analytics at Warner Brothers Discovery. Vera, thank you for joining me on the Happy Market Research Podcast. Alrighty, thanks so much. Everybody else, I hope you found some value. I would love it if you would join me at MRMW this year in Atlanta on June 15th and 16th. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>